Many of us know that manifestation of any kind is not a random act. We make affirmations, we create vision boards, we pray. But what if manifestation, including our own financial abundance, is all about anatomy, particularly when it comes to our sexual drive? What if we could harness our own libido to create all sorts of outer abundance? Yes, including money. Robin McClendon, an international artist, Reiki master, and spiritually endowed financial trailblazer who was educated at the famed London School of Economics and currently coaches individuals on how to raise their own manifesting frequency, shares some unlikely techniques for conscious creation based on a metaphysical and alchemical process. This is an exciting and, yes, arousing approach to creating abundance in limitless ways. This is an episode I know everyone can relate to, most everyone, Robin, and that has to do with money, how it operates in our lives, how it's produced, and most importantly, how we can bring more of it into our lives. I think we could all use that. Now, I want to say right off the bat, this isn't about bringing a windfall of money for the purpose of getting rich. Most of us are just looking to have our daily needs met without struggle. And on this planet right now, <laughs> at least it takes money. It takes money to, to, to make things work, for now at least. We need resources to do that. But why is it that so many people, too many people, are struggling to bring that money flow into their lives? This is what I want to talk about today. But even more fascinating, we're going to be delving into an aspect of this process that I find so exciting and viable. And that has to do with the metaphysical dynamic that brings money into our lives. You know, we had so much fun musing about this when we were sitting in a cafe in Sydney, Australia, just over a month or so ago. And I knew immediately that I had to have you on the show to talk more about this, Robin. So first off, I would like to say a warm Higher Journeys welcome as a first time guest on our show. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. And I'm so excited to be here and, and of course, talking about this subject, but just to be with you, my friend. Thank well, you for having me. Likewise. We've got, gang, we have become fast friends. We we met, it's kind of a long story as to how we came together. We were both at the Cosmic Consciousness Conference and uh, before, prior to our flying over to, uh, to Uluru or really Ayers Rock at Uluru, uh, we were able to meet up. We were staying in our, uh, hotels adjacent to each other, right? And got together and mouths just kept going and going and going. They haven't stopped. So <laughs> so I said, we got we have to get you on because you've got everyone that we're looking at a brilliant woman here. And she's going to tell us about some stuff that I think we really need to be clued in on. So you know what, let's jump right in. Uh, here's where I want to go first, Robin. I want to talk about the ethic, the, the etheric, I should say, etheric flow of currency water and how this directly ties into what we're where we're going to be going. This is a big subject. We're we're going to talk about water, we're going to talk about currency. Let's start out with that. Let let's start out with you sort of what was your impetus for really making this correlation between or really that there is a metaphysics to money and where water comes in. Let's get right into it. Well, let's start off with the, with the water piece, and then I'll kind of backtrack into how I sort of began to discover this idea of um, the flow of the natural flow of energy in the body. So exactly water, we often call it the elixir of life, don't we? Uh, we're made up, um, you know, in large part of water fluid. 
So it's natural that this would be a conduit for energy, for movement, for prana, chi in the body. And it's interesting because the type of energy that we're talking about is also called the elixir field of the body, which is lower, which is, um, you know, located in the lower uh, Dantian. We'll talk more about that in the body. But this is something that's across all cultures. We can look at the Vedic, you know, the Chinese, the Japanese. And when we look at a lot of the Eastern cultures, we'll talk about how it's called various things. And some of these things our listeners will be um, already familiar with and in a way indoctrinated in. But in the West, the whole thing got flipped a bit. And so it got flipped into what we know as currency or the paper, you know, um, externalization of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I came onto this as an artist. I'm an artist, a creator. I research in the areas of archaeology. My background is in anthropology, history, archaeological research. But I've always been an artist. I've always created art. Um, I knew that my life's work was in the arts. And so um, I spent a lot of time in the studio, a lot of time creating art. And I would find that I would actually stimulate the lower Dantian, which we'll talk about, or this energy field, and was already indoctrinated into thinking this was my sexual energy field. We're going to get um, into that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll discover that it's connected to currency. Mm. <laughs> We have so much to pack into a short period of time as usual journeyers. So I want to I want to give credit real quick, if I can just jump in here uh, to one person. I, I think this has been talked about over the course of history in terms of the correlation between money and water. But, you know, it was researcher uh, Jordan Maxwell. I know I'm sure you're familiar with his great work, who first brought my attention to the connection between water and money and looking at sort of the uh, etymological significance surrounding certain words like currency cash flow, bank, as in uh, the river bank or bank of a river, and their direct connection, their correlation to describing money or how it behaves. He, he said as an example, you know, money doesn't just go through your hands like water. Money is water. Let's just back up and isolate that for a minute if we can. How is it in your estimation, if you agree with, with his assessment, that money is it this isn't even figurative uh, robin this may be a literal thing that money is water how how is that historically can you speak speak to that so yes i'm familiar with the work of jordan maxwell and i'd like to add a caveat into how, the way i'm i'm seeing it um i definitely he comes a lot you know as you know um from the standpoint of the law the legal system so a lot of his connection to uh money being water is the um admiralty system right mm-hmm, that's so- right Admiralty law. That's right. Maritime admiralty law. Exactly. So it's the legal system in which we are indoctrinated in. And in fact, the idea of money, currency being a legal document, you know, it's been gold was transformed, you know, into paper. So it became a legal document, which then the admiralty system would control that. So in that regard, I agree 100 percent with him. And um, and I don't disagree with any of his work. But what I take water is a step um, uh, beyond, you know, if we sort of back engineer that into the electromagnetic field, mm. which is the actual field of the universe, right? And so it's the movement of electrical impulses in through water, because water is very receptive, as you know, in the work of the uh, Bizimoto, where he showed the receptivity of water. 
to be able to program it. And because it's programmable, now we're in the system within the matrix that then uses the legal system mm-hmm. to then further control that um, electromagnetic pulse um, that comes from the cosmic womb, that comes from, let's say, prime creator, or anything we want to call source, all the way through. So I see the electrical aspect, which also in this system is currency, right? We look at our electric. That's uh, right. Exactly. So we're talking about the same thing. I just sort of see the currency a step before the water, because in his work, we're talking about the legal, um, sort of tying this whole thing up us up into the legal aspects of it, which ties us into the system, i.e. Um, social security cards, you know, because it's all about going to getting us to work and exchanging this natural elixir that we can create with to externalize it outside of our avatar to be able to co-opt it. So the system can use us sort of as this battery concept mm. that in exchange give us the paper currency um, that we can then go buy things with. Aren't we ultimately then, Robin, looking at a confluence between, I just talked about this on my Facebook page, the exoteric being the surface and the esoteric being beneath the surface, and that perhaps those that turned this into a legal document were well aware of the esoteric implications of this. So I think what Jordan, and you're absolutely correct, I mean, that is really his bailiwick is talking about the legal system and how the historical context, but I I, I dare say he probably knows this as well, that there was a metaphysical understanding in order to to, uh, usurp, frankly, the the people with, with currency. Uh, in order to do that. And I think in Jordan's work, he had to, you know, he had to pick a place at which, you know, to begin and then flow into. So he took the the big aspect of what we're dealing with in our system, which is the legal aspect of it, you know, the money, the system aspect of it. And what we're talking about today is I'm coming from the sexuality, Mm. you know, the esoteric aspect of this elixir. Um, And for him, it probably, you know, there's two different areas though they're connected. And like you say, I know he's well aware of it, but it's like picking a place, right? Mm-hmm. And in my work, I'm picking this place to explore, explore because we know the two things in this culture that keeps you rolling around is sex and money, right? You hear it all <laughs> there the time. There you go. Well, I'm wondering if we want to go there right now, because that's where I, I really wanted to spend the majority of time on this. Guys, I have to tell you, when I was sitting listening to Robin's thesis, as we were sipping coffee at Cafe au lait, in Sydney, I thought, oh, my God, you got to talk about this, girl. You really, I really want to hear you because of the way you describe it. You know what? Let's go there right now because we don't have much time. And I think this is really where the crux of your thesis lies, having to do with how manifestation is inextricably linked somehow to our anatomy and, yeah, sexual arousal. I'm I'm really going to distill this in an oversimplistic way. You get into the science of this. So let's go there. Talk about how, (laughs) and you know, this isn't a spoiler alert. This is an adult alert. This is not for children, folks. We're going to talk about sex a little bit, but using it in a proper way and perhaps how we may be wasting all this powerful energy in letting, you know, coming to a point of peak and how that can be what? I don't want to blow your cover. You, You talk about that. Let's get, let's go there. Sure, exactly. And actually, we'll keep this PG rated so that um, (laughs) any younger folks can actually listen to it, because I think it's better way that we teach our young Mm. way we've been taught. And that's why. Good point. 
birds and the bees and what have you. But the point is, is let's just talk about that. So the lower, so let's talk about the three Dantians. Let's take this in to the, um, some areas that I think a lot of our listeners would be able to connect to. So we've heard of words like Tantra. Yes. It's been connected with tantric, what? Sex in the West. But Tantra really in Sanskrit means web or to weave energy. We've heard of words like, okay, like the Dantian would be Chinese for the three main centers. It would sort of correlate with the idea of chakras. We can think of it like that. And it's Hara in Japan, in the Japanese. So these are all energy centers. They all mean the same thing. They're the elixirs of um, the, the elixir field. This starts in the lower Dantian, which is um, two inches below the navel. So we all are familiar with that center. This, this actual, let's call it a will or vortex or this place in our body, which is connected to womb, to conception, et cetera, and especially the area of um, where our sexual energy flows from, this area is known um, historically to be the place where matter is created. So we think about the womb, that would make sense. Matter is created there, right? So in these ancient systems, matter is created there. It then moves up into the heart, which is a Dantian, um, where emotions are. And then from there up into the third eye or the penal region, pineal region, which is where um, thought progresses into, into form. So if we think about the fact that the whole idea of sexuality got co is co-opted in our early education as, as youngsters, right? We look at all the love movies and everything. Mm -hmm. So that energy is co-opted into us beginning to understand that it's associated with the heart, with emotions, with love. And so as we move into puberty and we become, we come online full with the sexual hormones, we've already been well indoctrinated into the fact that that energy is sexual energy. In fact, that energy is life energy. It's chi, it's gen, it's um, prana. Prana, it's I was gonna say. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so it's actually life energy. It's what we create with, we, with that we um, turn, uh, you know, like I said, we move into matter. So the heart energy is actually for things like food and air, you know, in these old systems. So we're actually taking physical, physical energy and we move it up into the heart Dantian. And then we take the things that are controlled by that Dantian, like the physical, uh, the external physical, the physical, uh, physicalizing of food, air, et cetera, that we think are the things that feed the Dantian. It begins at uh, the feeds avatar. It actually begins in this lower region. So I want to first, let's sort of look at that energy as being different, not, the way we were indoctrinated. So it takes a bit of back engineering. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm trying to follow you here. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about when we sat and we, and we spoke and it was, it was really the, forgive the pun, the climax of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that made me say, aha. Yeah. You know what so I'm talking about? And I want to, I want to, make this now you are obviously a very brilliant intelligent woman and so are our journeyers by the way i'm not by no means saying that you don't understand i i this can be hard to distill if you're if you're just hearing it for the first time uh so i want if you can to explain uh how we take what i heard this is what i heard you say mm -hmm. the sexual energy that we all have 
It's part of that prana. And I agree with you. When we're in the process of sexual arousal, let's just go right there. Mm -hmm. And we get to a point over a period of time, however that happens, to a point of just prior to the the climactic process, Mm -hmm. you talked about redirecting that as a point of power. I'm just going to cut to the chase as the point of power in creation, including creating tangible things in our life, including incorporating intention in and, and really redirecting that energy rather than outward, upward. You know where, exactly. what I'm talking about. That's where I want you to go. So so laying the foundation for where this science exists in very many cultures outside of our Western culture, which is where I was beginning, because I want people to be able to go back and look these things up so they can sort of see that this is foundational. So you're right. So if we look at this lower Dantian, which is the, the seat of where we create matter physically this is where matter is created that is also the elixir point for the flow of our sexual energy so when we move the, the way that this came up for me let's let's go there because we talked about this is that in the creative state and this happens to many many of us who are creators of all types when you're deep into creating you're creating and you're bringing new things in as artists writers musicians what have you I started finding in my studio that I would have sexual arousal and I was thinking, Oh, I'm just having sexual arousal for the moment. You know, you go find your mate, you know, and you um, settle that issue so you can get back to work. And I thought that's all it was. But then as it continued to happen to me, I had this idea about, you know, this seems to be stimulated from what I'm doing. So I wonder if I can move this up into my heart center, which is where a lot of the joy, the, the ideas, the passion, the emotions come when you're creating, right? Those aha moments, the fun and the joy that you get when you're creating in your particular genre. If I move this energy up this and allow it to have this, you know, this pure feeling of sexual energy, but move it up into the field at which I was creating, what would happen? And so I did, I experimented with that. I just played with bringing that energy up into my heart center. And what I found is that once I was able to move it out of this lower, um, you know, out of the, the, the sexual organs, you know, region where we all feel that sexual impulse, that, that, that sexual impulse would go away. But it seemed like I had renewed energy and, and more ideas would seem to flow in the creative state. So it's almost like the idea of a musician with circular breathing. You know what I mean? It began like this circular um, fuel almost for the creative passions. And it seems like I would create more. But what was interesting, Alexis, is that it seems like what I created would go further into the world. Like at the artwork, it seems like those are the pieces that made their way into museum shows or that sold or that um, got notoriety. And then I thought, wow, I'm actually creating a currency mm-hmm. from within my body, you know, not externalizing, not creating this thing and then looking around for people to buy it, but that it had an energy of its own and it sought like water, to use your analogy, its own level. It sought, it, it found its tribe. It found its uh, equal energy field, or let's say a, 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 uh, electrical current field, right? Like electricity. So it seems like when we create like this, once we've um, freed it, we, it starts, it has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. So the idea of figuring out, okay, how am I going to sell it? How am I going to make money from it? Seems to be a thing of the past. 
um, I've noticed. This is this is quite profound. Again, the, the word I keep coming up with is distillation, because it can be complex. And yet, here's what I'm hearing, everyone. We're talking about taking a very, very powerful energy, that being sexual impulse, of you call, as you call it, putting it into action, harnessing it, and rather than letting it go through orgasm, as an example, redirecting it into a region that allows that energy, that emotion even, to go, that, that current, to go into the heart space, and the heart being also a very, very intelligent entity in and of itself, going out into the world, almost broadcasting that, uh, that field out into the, into the wider world. You see where we're going, everyone? Does this make any kind of sense to you? I mean, this is worth, I hope you'll listen to this and listen to it again. We're going to have to come back and talk more about it. But to me, when you said this to me, Robin, it was so powerful. Think of this, the process that we, that is innate within us. That's that sexual energy, which is indeed prana, that which we, as you say, create matter, create other beings with and through. So there obviously are other ways we can positively utilize this very powerful energy source. So exactly. And you think about it when we, you know, when we think about in our culture, this is understood in certain um, you know, fields, and I'll make an example, one that we all would be able to relate to, but it's not told to us in general because it had to be co-opted. Because if we understood that we can create from this space an energy and, and, and product and things that would flow out into the world finding it their its own um you know currency, its own energy field, and then come back to us in the form of either money or the things that we live by, because a lot of times you'll find that when you really start doing this, you'll the thing that you want will come into your life versus just the money to purchase the thing. Right. And this has happened to me more times than I could even count. And I'm not talking about, you know, like it'll come in the form that you envision it. It's really quite amazing. So you start seeing that if in fact we were a, we were doing this naturally from the time we were youngsters, there would be nothing that would get us out in the world to work to earn the money because it's it's futile it doesn't need to happen that way so if we got we've gotten co-opted um in order to sort of um, create these patterns of work um and to earn money so think about it with athletes we all know this athletes are always told before the major game before the big you know um athletic event to not have sex why hmm. Because they've spent all this time working, um, exercising, building up this energy, you know, the day before, two days before preparing for the game, the mind is already involved in it, right? The body, the avatar is full with, of this elixir, right? But they're being taught to bring it up into their visual, visualize the ball going into the basket, right? Visualize the team winning and the points and all this good stuff. And they are just a ball of absolute pure creative force and they go in to a game and then begin to expel all this energy into creating the outcome of that sport and to the extent that they're good at doing this is the extent that they are able to physicalize um, all of their work into the game's outcome so that's just one example of it so you are, you, are you saying robin that by inhibiting or by thwarting that sexual urge, which you don't know when that's going to come. And let's say it's prior to a game. 
is that inhibiting? Is that really helping or hurting their performance unless they would know how to redirect as we're talking about? Well, I think the athletes are, that do are actually, that are good at are actually redirecting. I think that the idea the behind, we're told uh, it's just not ex, 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 uh, expending this sexual energy, right? So that's how we continue, the, the indoctrination is continuing on us. But if you, one of those athletes that experience it, and so like with and myself as an artist, when I was experiencing it, I really wasn't inhibiting it. I was actually using it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Thing it to ex- I wasn't using it with an outside partner. So I wasn't, you know, um, expending that energy outside of my avatar. It was being recycled in the avatar, like the example of um, circular breathing, mm-hmm. suggesting that the athletes that do this and do this well are actually doing the same thing. You're actually using that energy. So it's being kept within the avatar so that you can re- continue to recycle it. Mm-hmm. You know? That's an important point. Yeah, that's an important point. We don't want people to think that we're talking about putting a cap on it. I mean, you know, think about that whole, right? (laughs) You're not. You're actually using it within your body, your your vessel in a way that is productive. So like I said, when I first started doing it, the sensation, the sexual sensation went away. But what I discovered is that the, the prime elixir the energy, the chi behind it didn't. It transformed itself into my work and mm. just made it better. That's huge. This is very, uh, um, what I want to say. No, oh, what's the word? It just left me. <laughs> well, you're, you're, it's, it's about transmutation, really. Um, it's yeah, alchemical. Al- alchemical. Thank you. I knew it began with an A, people. It's just one of those days. It, alchemical process. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. We're going to have to come back and talk about this. I'm sorry, go ahead. So just to throw this out there. So what about, you know, if you want to have, if you, if you're in a a relationship where both of you are thinking the same way that, you know, you have similar goals, you know, you're goaling and you're understanding together, then when you actually come together as two people in the sexual, um, or the, 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 the act of making love, which is bringing the heart space in, right? And you bring this energy up and it culminates in orgasm. It is one of the most incredible ways to create everything Everything. that is for the couple, the family and community as well. So, you know, it's not to say that the the orgasm is, is to not be used. No, it definitely, because at that point, um, that field gets to actually brings in, uh, the production of matter and the production of the thing, um, in the same way. So there's a couple of ways to go about it, right? There are a lot of ways, a lot of ways. And when you said the word elixir, Robin, as we close out, it's making me think going back, uh, or I should say coming full circle, where we talked about this water element being this water in and of itself is an elixir. We are at least 70% water. I think some researchers say maybe close to 80 or more percent of water. So is the planet for that matter. And we work in tandem together, the planetary body as well as the physical body. So in a closing comment, there was another issue, another issue. This isn't an issue, another topic or subtopic I wanted to get to. I don't think we're going to have time to do it today. But in staying on this theme, bringing it full circle, how would we look at this idea of money as water? We're primarily water. Utilizing the sexual energy to redirect the, the fluid through us, if you will, 
how could we how do we bring this all together how could this be a confluence of absolutely a process so let's look at it like this let's look at the difference between inside of the avatar our vessel you know our our egg let's say our auric field and then let's look at everything outside of it so inside of our avatar our own personal field this elixir this energy that's coming up as what we let's say commonly uh, look at as sexual energy right this is what's creating and if we if we do this idea of manifesting from within out, then that's currency, that's money, that's water, that's the elixir. We've been co-opted into thinking that um, when we do this energetic exchange, exact same energetic exchange, but outside of ourselves in the form of working, you know, at jobs, et cetera, right? Then we've externalized our energy and then we sit and wait for the return of that in the form that we've been indoctrinated in as money. So if we see, let's look at the money inside of our bodies, the manifesting it's inside of our bodies is our sexual energy. That is the currency side mm-hmm. of our bodies. It's the money. So it's like looking at these two different energy fields And the more we become comfortable with the energy field inside the body and practicing this idea of manifesting. And I say, pick a topic, pick a topic and just begin to move this energy. And even if uh, the listeners move it into the climax, fine, but focus on what it is that you're wanting during this process, uh, during the orgasmic process, and then begin to watch how things flow into your life differently. So it's just looking at how, you know, it's looking at the meta- metaphysics. And, and I love when you gave me that title, the metaphysics of money, because it is, it's metaphysical. What, how is it is. elixir? Yeah. Seen inside the body and the externalization, which is a dull and very, um, in comparison, which, which is the dollar bill. Right. The, the, well, it's just another, it's just a 3D expression like everything else. I always say that the exoteric rises from the esoteric or the esoteric is what really undergirds the the surface of things. So I, I guys, do we, are you getting that? This is huge. Intern, let me see if I can remember what you said. Internally, it's currency. Externally, it's money. Yeah. And but but the key is this is very quantum in its implication, by the way, because we're talking about really wave the wave and particle, the wave being on the inside, the particle being on the out. But they are inextricably linked. There's no separation. What we're really doing is just transmuting from the liquid to the solid. That's all from the energy to the solid. Right. Exactly. And it's like it's, you know, it's in its purest form already in our bodies, already accessible whenever we want to manifest Powerful. we can bring this up in us versus the externalization of it which is sitting around and waiting for the paycheck waiting for the two weeks to go by or whatever you know yeah. um and i know just, just one final point i'd like to make with this externalization when i had my oldest child um i was just discovering this two years later i have my son and i had been practicing this whole idea of manifesting this way by that time and what was interesting is that at the point of conception when i was um in the orgasmic moment and right after that there was a point of conception and i actually felt the electrical impulse of the egg being um fertilized 
Hmm. And in that moment, I was zoomed back out into the universe. I could feel it. And I thought, wow, I've actually felt this egg being fertilized. It was an electrical, it was like an electrical shock I felt in the body. And I think it was because I had started really using that field to produce and I actually felt the matter of this, you know, this egg being produced and moving forward. So this is physical. I mean, we can feel these things. It's not like it's so um, completely esoteric in the mind that the more you start doing this, the more you actually feel when you've actually had that electrical moment where something got created, you'll feel it and you will know, okay, this is on its way. Something, yeah. Implications for this, Robin McClendon, are incredible. Absolutely incredible. As usual, journeyers, right on the heels of the conscious commentary we did, we're going to talk about that for a minute. We're in a manifesting mode. I want to hear from you. I want to get your thoughts on this thesis. Uh, and, you know, heck, have some fun, put it into practice. And it's not to be, t- I'm laughing, but it's not to be taken lightly. Of course, you got to have a little tongue in cheek here and there. Uh, but yes, let's talk about this. Speaking of conscious commentary, did y'all hear the conscious commentary we were having on Saturday, this impromptu thing where I was bringing up the synchronicity spikes that have happened to me and apparently to many of you? Uh, if you haven't heard that episode or, or seen it, really, uh, make sure you do. I'll have a link for sure. But I bring it up in this context, Robin. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Uh it seems that we're in a potent stage right now after particularly January of 2020. Something's going on. We're exploring it more and with the higher with higher journeys audience. This is the perfect time to kick something this this practice into gear what you and I've been talking about today. If we're in a, a, a potency of our own planet and perhaps the cosmos manifesting power is going to be tenfold, maybe more. So I say, go ahead and do that, journeyers. We're going to have to shut this down. We're a little over time. But Robin, quickly, tell us where people can find uh, about find more about your work, what you're doing, and what's coming up next. I'm at RobinMcClendon.com. Um, the spelling will be in the, in the show um, heading. And also, I'm on Facebook. I have a podcast there called Conversations with Gaia on the way of um, conscious mindfulness network so those two places you can find me very easily and uh yeah have fun i say have fun with it because the more fun we have with it the quicker the manifestation will come i believe that amen to that robin my dear thank you so so much and by the way yes i gave her the title the metaphysics of money because it is going to be coming to a bookstore near you we just started manifesting this it will be coming to a bookstore near you where she's going to go into explicit detail the metaphysics of money we're going yeah. to slay this dragon for sure. Yeah, All right. Thanks again, Robin. We appreciate you. you. God bless. And thank you as always, journeyers, for joining us on Higher Journeys. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care.